0: Hi, I'm Fernanda. Hi, I'm Jimena, and we are the Gossipers. Welcome to our first podcast, Relationships. We are very excited to be able to do something like this, and we hope it's entertaining. Today, we don't have guests, but we are going to have a lot of fun because it's a topic that interests us. Being more connected to partners
1: and others can clear your head and boost your mood. Whether they are friends, family members, partners, mentors, colleges, or people you're just
0: getting to know, working on your relationships can be great for your mental health. Love is one of the most profound emotions known to human beings. But today we're going to focus on partner-like relationships. To start, we will talk about toxic relationships. These are different types of toxic relationships and we are going to discuss them.
1: First, there's the deprecator and belitter. This type of toxic individual will constantly belittle you. They will make fun of you, essentially implying that pretty much anything you say that expresses your ideas, beliefs, or wants is silly or stupid. Even though you may have asked your toxic partner to stop bullying you, they will continue this behavior, occasionally disguising it by saying, I'm just kidding or can't you take a joke? The problem is they are not kidding and and what they are doing is not a joke. This type of toxic individual will often tell you that you're lucky to have them as a partner, that no other person would really want you, and your goal is to keep your self-esteem as low as possible so that you don't challenge their absolute control of the relationship.
0: The second is the bad temper. Controlling by intimidation is a classic behavior of a toxic partner. Again, it is not worth it that this type of emotionally abusive partner rarely show the size of his or herself to the outside world. As you would expect, if you confront a bad tempered partner about the inappropriateness of their anger, they will almost always blame their temper outbursts on you. Somehow it's your fault they yell and scream. This discard of responsibility for their dysfunctional behavior is typical of a toxic partner.
1: The third one is the guilt inducer. Controlling these relationships as well as in committed relationships, is exercised by inducing guilt in the victim. The guilt inducer controls by encouraging you to feel guilty anytime you do something they don't like. A guilt inducer not only controls by inducing guilt, but also by temporarily removing guilt if you end up doing what they want you to do. For guilt-prone people, anything or anyone that removes guilt is addictive. So the guilting user has an extremely
0: powerful means of control at their disposal. And then the fourth, the will deflector. A variation on this theme is the deflector. You try and express your anger or irritation regarding some issue or event. Your partner stays out with his or her friend two hours longer than they say they would and doesn't even bother to call. And somehow your toxic partner finds a way to make this your fault. The deflector is confused that the information you are bringing to his or her attention is in direct conflict with their self-perception. Perhaps you are being too sensitive, or perhaps instead of an apology, you are offered a calculated question. But did you love me? Suddenly, the criticism is replaced with praise. The fifth one is
1: the overdependent partner. One method of toxic control is for your partner to be passive that you have to make most decisions for them these toxic controllers want you to make every decision for them not deciding is a decision that has the advantage of making someone else you in this case responsible for the outcome of that decision and of course you'll know when you've made the wrong decision by your partner's passive aggressive behavior
0: and the six is the positive This type of toxic individual is really bad news. Early in your relationship with them, you may actually appreciate their jealousy, particularly if it isn't too controlling. These toxic individuals will become more and more suspicious and controlling as time goes on. They may even use technology using smart devices to check on your physical location. Over time, They will work hard to eliminate any meaningful relationships you have with friends and sometimes even with family. They don't see themselves in a relationship with you. They see themselves as possessing you.
1: know all about toxic relationships let's talk about long-distance
0: relationships do they really work mm, I think that they do you just have to treat your partner the same way and make it work with message and video call. something like a virtual relationship exactly so if you're looking for a distance relationship here are some tips the first is avoid excessive communication You two don't really have to communicate 12 hours a day to keep the relationship going. Many couples think that they need to compensate for the distance by doing more. This is not true and it might only make things worse. Soon you would get tired of loving. Remember, less is more. It's not about spamming. You are only going to exhaust yourselves. It's really about teasing at the right moment. The second tip is See it as an opportunity if you want to
1: live together you first need to learn how to live apart view it as a learning journey for the both of you see it as a test of your love for each other as the chinese saying goes real gold is not afraid of the test to fire instead of thinking that this long distance relationship is pulling you two apart you should believe that through this experience the both of you will be bound together even stronger
0: The third is set some ground rules to manage your expectations. Both of you need to be clear with what you expect of each other during this long-distance relationship. Set some ground rules so that none of you will do things that will take the other party by surprise. For instance, are you too exclusive? Is it alright for the other person to go on dates? What is your commitment level? It's better to be open with each other about all these things. The fourth tip is try to communicate
1: regularly and creatively. Greet each other good morning and good night every day. This is a month. On top of that, try to update your partner on your life and its happenings. However, mundane some of the things may seem. Two the game send each other pictures, audio clips and short videos from time to time. By putting in this kind of effort, you make the other person feel loved and attended to.
0: The five is avoid dangerous situations. If you already know that going to the club or going drinking with your group of friends late at night will displease your partner, then you should either 1. Not to do it or 2. Tell your partner beforehand so as to encourage him or her. Also, it could be easy for you to fall into the trap which you, unconsciously or not, set up for yourself by hanging out with your office eye kindly after work. You need to recognize the dangers before entering into this situation. Don't just listen to your heart, listen to your mind too. The
1: seventh tip is do things together. Play an online game together, watch a documentary on YouTube. At the same time, sing to each other on Skype while one of you plays the guitar. Take a walk together outside while video calling each other. Go online shopping together and buy each
0: other gifts. And the eight, do similar things. Recommend books, TV shows, movies, music, news and ETC to each other. When you read, watch and listen to the same things, you get to have more topics in common to talk about. This is a good way to create some shared experience even though you are living apart.
1: the relationship you have to get over your ex
0: but how do you do that? The first is get off social media for a bit. Social media has made it harder for a woman to stop obsessing over a partner so the first thing I recommend is to unfriend someone at least until you are over them or make a commitment not to check their page. In addition you will need to be careful of the posts of mutual friends where you can see pictures and hear things about the ex and possibly the new person they are dating.
1: The second tip is get rid of ex reminders. This can be small, inexpensive gifts and mementos, cards and letters. Even clothing that once belonged to the ex should be purged. These are all reminders that can trigger strong emotions and memories that lead to obsession.
0: third is resist the temptation to stage run-ins. I know this may sound rather elementary, but this one is important. The very best way is to eliminate all forms of contact, including meeting in person. That means not planning a run-in at your local coffee shop or gym. Rearrange your schedule if you need to. The fourth one is visualize
1: your future without some In other words, imagine how good your life will be when you have finished craving the loss of your ex. The more details you can flesh out, the better your chances of bringing your
0: new vision to life.
1: Make a vision board of what you want for your
0: future if it helps. The five is don't contact them. Seriously. This is a big one. Intuate a no-contact rule until you have done your grieving and move on to a place of acceptance that it is over. As long as you can't rationalize, there is even a glimmer of hope that your ex still has feelings, has concern for how you are doing or wants to hear about what is going on in your life. You will not be able to break the cycle of obsession. The sixth one, get support from friends.
1: There is nothing wrong with asking your friends to encourage you to stop talking to or about your ex. Instead, ask them to encourage you to
0: lick your wounds and take steps to move on with your life. The seven is plan a vacation. When you go through an intense breakup, it can feel like where you live is a standing reminder of the relationship you lost. Sometimes, the best way to break out of a route is to try something dramatically different. Take that vacation you've always dreamed of. Invite your best friends over here. Go solo. There is nothing better than traveling alone. And you will remember how great being single can feel.
1: The eighth one is move or redecorate. If you have shared your living space with the ex, it's going to be hard to move on when everything in your home reminds you of them. Consider moving
0: to a new area of your town to get a fresh start. The nine is start dating again. Get on a dating app and start dating again. You might not enjoy it at first. Perhaps you won't be able to stop thinking about your ex and a few inevitable bad dates. But making dating again in a habit, as the saying goes, you fake it till you make it. At the very least, Dating apps can help worry you while your heart continues to heal. The last
1: one is get professional support. If it's been months and you're still obsessing to the point that you're having a difficult time functioning socially, at home, at work, and perhaps in school, it may be time to see a therapist. There is nothing wrong with seeking professional help. All that matters is that you stop obsessing over your ex.
0: has been all for today's podcast.
1: We hope you enjoyed it as much as us.
0: Stay tuned for our next episode.
1: See you soon.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.